0: How does God bring his elect to faith in Christ, we might ask? How does he purify, strengthen, and preserve them? Again, I suppose he could do it in an immediate way. He could speak his gospel directly to sinners from on high. He could purify us in the mind, of, in mind and heart directly by zapping us with spiritual power from on high. He could work in an immediate way. But he has determined... To work His grace in us, again, through means. And these are called the ordinary means because they are the means that God has determined to ordinarily use. They are the Word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. Those are the four that are emphasized here in our catechism. God has determined to work faith and grace in His elect through these very ordinary things. And so I'd like to consider the answer to Baptist Catechism 93 piece by piece with you in order to explain this further. First, our catechism clarifies that it is talking about the outward means. Do you notice that language? What are the outward means? Uh, These are the things that are outside of us that God uses to work His grace within us. How does God work upon our hearts? You know, inwardly? how How does He work upon our hearts? This He does immediately By the power of His Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God gives us new life. The Spirit of God changes our hearts, takes the heart of stone and turns it into a heart of of, of flesh, uh, to use the language of Jeremiah. But God does also use these things which are outside of us to work within us. So we're talking about outward means here. Secondly, our catechism clarifies that it is talking about the ordinary means Um, the Lord uses other things than the word baptism, Lord's Supper, and prayer to work grace within His people. I think we would all uh, acknowledge that, wouldn't we? How does God sanctify us? Uh, Well, primarily through these things, but He may use other things too. Maybe personal relationships, trials and tribulations of of various kinds. You see, God may use other things than these things that are mentioned here in our catechism to to sanctify us, to strengthen our faith. Of course He can, but these are the the ordinary things that God uh, uses. These other things that I have mentioned, like life circumstances, trials and tribulations, these things will be unique to each one of us according to the decree of God and we are not called to chase after these things in order to have sanctification, you see. We, we are not called to chase after these sanctifying circumstances, therefore. Nor are we called to chase after the trials and tribulations so that we might be sanctified by them. God may use those things to refine us, but they are not the ordinary means which God has set apart for, for His people. We are to chase after and use these ordinary things, even though God does sometimes work in other ways. Thirdly, our catechism is specifically speaking of those means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption. And here, communicate does not refer to the dissemination of information, but rather to distribution. So the question is this, Christ has earned our redemption, but how do we come to have the benefits of this redemption that Christ has earned as our own? How do we come to have these benefits as our own? How does Christ communicate, that is to say, distribute the benefits of our redemption that Christ has earned to us? More to the point, what are the things that God has determined to regularly use to distribute His gift of salvation to us? And all of the benefits that come along with it. Fourthly, the question This question is answered in a very succinct way with these words. The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances. So that's the answer, His ordinances. Ordinances are those things which Christ has commanded or ordered us to use. That's what the word ordinances means. These are the things that Christ has ordered us to make use of, to run to, uh, to be strengthened in, in the faith. God has his elect in the world, this we know. Each and every one of them will be saved, for it is the will of God, this we know. But how will these elect come to be saved? Well, the answer is that Christ has ordered or commanded that they be saved in a certain way. He has ordered us to preach the gospel. God works through means, remember, and the gospel proclamation is, the, is one of the means that God will use to bring his elect to salvation. Again, how do we know that this is how God is going to do it? How do we know that this is how God is going to bring His elect to salvation? Well, again, Christ has ordered it. He has ordained it. God has promised to give us our daily bread. But how do we come to have our daily bread? We know that it is through prayer. God uses prayer as, as a means uh, to distribute these benefits to us. So, fifthly, our Catechism highlights four things in particular. So we have generally said that God does this through His ordinances. But in particular, He uses the word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer. So these are the outward and ordinary things that God uses to distribute the benefits of redemption that Christ has earned to His elect ordinarily. The elect are brought to faith through the preaching of the Word of God. And the elect are further strengthened and preserved in the faith through the word of God. This is why Paul says, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. And so, do you wish to see your loved ones come to salvation? Then one thing you must do is share the word of God with them. For God brings sinners to salvation through His word. And do you wish to grow in the grace of God? then do not sit around just waiting for God to, to zap you with some sort of spiritual power or to sanctify you automatically from on high. Yes, God does work immediately upon us by the power of His Holy Spirit. But again, we know that God works ordinarily through means. And so if you wish to grow in grace, then you had better make use of, of the Word of God. You, you had better be reading and hearing God's Word for it is one of the outward and ordinary means that God has determined to use. You know that baptism is mentioned next. Baptism is not something that we are to partake of over and over again, nor we're to be baptized in water in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the Christian life. But God uses baptism to distribute the benefits of redemption that Christ has earned to His elect. The elect are baptized into Christ. They are baptized by the church and into the fellowship of the church. The Spirit of God works mightily in His people through the waters of baptism. We've been blessed to baptize people recently, a couple of people recently. It, it, it's such an enjoyable thing to be a part of, wouldn't you agree? And I can remember back to, to my baptism. I, I, I knew that the waters weren't magical. You know, I knew that. I knew it was just water. I knew that things were being symbolized there. But I do also remember God using that in a powerful way to work within my heart and to strengthen my faith. And I hope that you would say the same thing regarding your baptism. An ordinary thing, water. You know, we go swimming all of the time in water. (laughs) But, But to be dunked under the water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and brought up again... For the church to do that, we do believe that God works through baptism very powerfully to strengthen the faith of the one baptized. I think also to strengthen the church further too as they apply and witness the baptism of others. Next, the Lord's Supper is mentioned. And we'll learn more about the Lord's Supper in the future. But for now, let us confess that the Lord's Supper is not only a memorial. It is not only a time for us to remember what Christ has accomplished for us, though it is certainly that. now the Lord's Supper is a means of grace. God works powerfully through the Lord's Supper, both to strengthen His church and to purify her. The Spirit of God uses this, this common thing in a very powerful way to strengthen and purify His church. And lastly, prayer is mentioned. God works through prayer, brothers and sisters. You, you've heard it said that prayer changes things, and it does It does not change the decree of God now. But God does work through the prayers of His people to accomplish His decree. More than anything, we know that prayer changes us. Prayer is an outward and ordinary means of grace. And sixthly, and lastly, the Catechism says, All of which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. So who does the word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer benefit? They benefit the elect of God. And who is it that makes these things effectual or effective? We know that it is the Spirit of God who makes these ordinary means of grace effective for the elect. So please allow me to make three observations by way of conclusion. One, our catechism will clarify in the following questions and answers that these ordinary means of grace do not work in an automatic way. No, they are only effective when they are received by faith. And we know that this faith is itself the gift of God. So please listen to questions 94, 96, and 105. I'll read them quickly. They ask, How is the Word? made effectual to salvation? How do baptism and the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation? And then finally, what is prayer? I don't want to get ahead of myself too much, but I think it's important to recognize that each of the answers to these questions emphasize the necessity of faith. How was the Word made effectual to salvation? Well, the Spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners, of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. Do you hear it there? So the word of God is not going to work automatically. It it, it must be received by faith if it is to be effectual. Uh, How do baptism the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation? Uh, Answer. Baptism the Lord's Supper become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them or in him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of the Spirit in those that by faith receive them. This is so important. So when you partake of the Lord's Supper, it doesn't work automatically as if there's something magical or mystical about the the bread and the cup. No, they're ordinary elements. But God uses them powerfully as the Spirit works through them and as God's people receive these things by faith. The same is true for baptism as well. You, you probably are aware that this is very much contrary to the to the Roman position, uh, which is that the sacraments of the church do work in kind of an automatic way. No matter what's going on within the heart, as, as long as we come to the church for the grace of God, we'll have it. You know, um, that's not how these things work. We must approach these things with faith in the heart. Lastly, one o five asks, what is prayer and Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God by the assistance of the Holy Spirit for things agreeable to His will in the name of Christ, believing with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of His mercies. So as we pray, we must have faith in our hearts. So these things do not work in an automatic way. In other words, you do not receive the grace of God. You do not receive the benefits of the redemption purchased by Christ if you hear God's word, partake of baptism the Lord's Supper, or pray without faith in Christ in your heart. It is by faith that we are saved. And it is by faith that we walk and are sanctified. And if we are to be strengthened by these ordinary means of grace, we must partake of them with faith in Christ in our hearts. Two, by identifying these things as outward and ordinary means of grace, our catechism is urging us to use them just as the scriptures do. It never ceases to amaze me to see professing Christians look to other things besides these things for growth in Christ. I don't know if you've ever done this yourself or if you've seen others do it, but I think it is very common. People wish to grow in Christ. They wish to have some sort of spiritual breakthrough, and so they'll look to this thing or that to find it, but they'll neglect these ordinary means of grace. They will look to to this program, or to that discipline, or to this method to find spiritual nourishment while neglecting these ordinary things which God has ordained. By identifying these things as ordinary means of grace, our catechism is is urging us to pursue them, to use them, to engage with them faithfully and regularly as, as God's people. The first Christians, after being baptized, devoted themselves to the Apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. And the rest of Scripture confirms that these are the ordinary things that we are to make use of for growth in Christ. Thirdly and lastly I wish to exhort you brothers and sisters to make use of these things, but always with faith and with thankfulness in your heart. And so that's one thing that we will be encouraged to do in in the questions that follow. It's to prepare our hearts, for example, for the hearing of the Word of God on the Lord's Day. How very important it is for us to approach the Word of God with reverence, to approach prayer and, and the Lord's Supper with reverence, and to come with our hearts prepared be sure that we are believing upon Christ, to be sure that we are turning from sin into Him anew and afresh each and every time, that we're coming with this expectation that God will in fact feed us and nourish us through these means that He has set apart from for our benefit. Um, in my experience, brothers and sisters, this teaching concerning the ordinary means of grace, it's very freeing, you see. It's very freeing. It frees us from thinking that we have to do something, um, you know, just something above and beyond, you know. That we have to climb some high mountain if we wish to be close to God. That we have to go on some retreat or conference if we wish to be close to God. That we have to develop just these marvelous and super, supernatural disciplines or something, you know, as if we, if we wish to be close to God. No, the Christian life is simpler than that. You know, God has called us to do a few things, to do them regularly and with faith in our hearts, and we must, and we must be constant. Uh, in in these things. What are the outward means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of, of redemption? Again, the answer, listen to it. The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are His ordinances, especially the word, baptism, the Lord's Supper, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. Let's bow together for a word of prayer now. Father in heaven, I do pray that you would strengthen us individually and as a congregation, Lord's Day after Lord's Day, as we come before you and make use of the means of grace that you have ordained. Be with us as we hear your word. May we have ears to hear what it is that you have said to us. May we come with faith in our hearts. May we come with the intent to obey. Be with us as we partake of the Lord's Supper, O God. We pray that we would partake with reverence having repented of all of our sins, and be with us as we pray. May we be diligent to pray in our private lives, also as a church, even in our families, O God. May we offer our prayers up to you with faith and with thanksgiving in our hearts. And we do pray that you would bless us to be able to baptize many in the years to come, our own children, others who do not know you. We pray that you would bring them to repentance and to faith and that you would bless us as a congregation to apply baptism to them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God, we give you thanks for your grace to us, for your provision for us. May we make use of these marvelous things that you have provided. In Christ's name we pray.